Sunday, the 17th of October. I'm Randy Coure, uh, reporting via live from Facebook. Thank you so much for joining me today on Facebook and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. If you're catching today's episode via your favorite podcatcher, thank you so much for the download. We are two days away from the start of the NBA regular season, the 75th uh, season of the league. And we saw some top talent in Tokyo for the Olympics, it felt like yesterday, let alone the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks lifted the Larry O'Brien, Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, what can we expect from the upcoming season? One of the most hardest working men I am happy to know has joined me for a second time. Mikey Domagala from not only the Truth Podcast, but founder of NBA Buzz, Inside Buzz, uh, creeping that much closer to 3 million followers, joins me from Long Island, New York. Uh, Mikey, thank you so much for joining me, me. And I guess congratulations are in order uh, for graduating from your uh, journalism program at Long Island University. Yeah, Randy, I appreciate you having me back on and you're spot on with my resume. No, <laughs> yeah, no blimps in there. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and it's uh, an impressive resume, uh, to say the very least. So on today's episode, we'll uh, get uh, Mikey's thoughts to where things may stand with the likes of Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving. Uh, things are a little prickly, to say the least, uh, within uh, those two All-Stars and their respective teams. How he'll think the regular season will pan out, uh, especially with uh, some vested interest between the two of us with our Toronto Raptors, as well as the New York Knicks. Some very exciting possibilities happening on Broadway. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, we'll definitely talk about a big accomplishment Mikey had uh, being able to uh, report during the Tokyo Olympics. But first, uh, Mikey is also a big baseball fan, and I'd be remiss uh, to <laughs> chat about uh, his squad, the uh, quote-unquote evil empire, that is the New York Yankees. Uh they do have the second highest payroll uh, in the league, over $200 million. But Mikey, uh, it uh, wasn't uh, a season to remember. They did lose the wild card game against Boston. Uh, is the world about to end in uh, the Bronx? Uh, how would you uh, classify the 21 season? You know, if, if you're a Yankee fan, you, you could deal with it because you almost expected it. If you're a Met fan, you're loving it because they could talk all the smack that they want, even though they didn't even come close to the playoffs. But as, as a Yankee fan, me expecting it is because I just watched the most inconsistent year of Yankee baseball that I've ever seen 15 years of watching the Yankees diehard fan. They'd win, of course, that 13-game win streak. Then they turn around and lose seven straight the next seven. So that was – that was that was the, the definition of the of this past season for the Yankees. It's like, all right, we're going to go on this tear of smashing home runs or we're going to go on this tear of just striking out batter by batter. So, again, of course, I was disappointed 
they couldn't win that wild card series, uh, that wild card game. I would have been at the stadium if it was at Yankee Stadium. Maybe they would have had home field advantage and, uh, you know, the fans would have got them that win maybe. Uh, lit a fire under them at Fenway. You know, they were they were putting in work all year, but it just didn't work. But, uh, yeah, you know, disappointed, but I almost expected it. The team yeah, is yeah. way, way too inconsistent. They need they need a lot more, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, it is uh, funny to think when you say you almost expect it because – for uh, for a person like myself, you just see uh, so much Yankee success with uh, the three-peat that took place uh, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. But it has been since 2009, and uh, they obviously invested in a lot in Garrett Cole, uh, you know, with uh, Stanton, Judge, and Aroldis Chapman, and so on. But uh, where do you think, uh, if, I, uh, if you could... Uh, place where the concern is do you know what they need to work on yeah they definitely need another starting pitcher quality guy um and of course more contact and speed this yankees team is just you know boomer bust with their home runs and it's not the best thing i mean i remember i think it was the wild card game they were down maybe they were down at 1.2 or something they had runners on base stanton walked then you get Joey Gallo batting like 190 after Stanton. Like, oh, you need a contact guy to bring in those runs. Joey Gallo struck out or something like that. So as much as I like Gallo, you need somebody like a Starling Marte to come in, like a great fielder, uh, great contact guy, like a 305 hitter, uh, could steal bases. Somebody like that they need in that lineup who could consistently get on base, steal bases. Not 38-year-old Brett Gardner doing that job. You know what I mean? So – Less home run guys, more of that. Giancarlo Stanton grew on me. So a lock for the a lock in the offense would have to be Judge, LeMayu, and Stanton. The rest I could do without, to be honest. Yeah, there's uh there seems to be a perception of uh a lot more home runs and uh not a lot of small ball uh these days. And uh it'll be interesting how uh, a team like the Toronto Blue Jays, if they are able to uh, contend with the Yankees, uh, definitely for next season. But uh, speaking of uh, baseball and baseball within Canada, uh, sports fans in uh, my country, at least, uh, may be excited to the possibility of the Tampa Bay Rays splitting their season uh, with the Montreal Expos. Uh, very quickly, uh, Mikey, you know, for a guy and, uh, you know, appreciating the fact that you may not remember uh, the Expos uh, when they were in Major League Baseball, uh, from an American's perspective, especially someone of, uh, of your age generation, uh, do you see Montreal working out? Do you see, does Montreal scream to you as a viable baseball market? It doesn't scream, but there's noise if you want to call it that. I think there's a lot of potential there because of the Expos. I mean, they, they were huge back then. Uh, and then uh, I think the Blue Jays early in the 90s won, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, so yeah. That too. And then, of course, Kawhi winning in Toronto was huge for the country of Canada, that fan base. So I think, I think that's definitely a big market for Canadians up there in baseball for uh, – you know, Tampa Bay to maybe go up there. That could that brings in many more Americans wanting to watch them. Say there's Canadian fans who, you know, can't really get down to Florida all the time. Now they're not too far away. And the Raptors, of course, you got to give some kind of credit to this is all baseball, but 
Drake. I mean, Drake has connected Canadians with Americans in sports and music and culture in a lot of different ways. And if he could get on the baseball wave a little bit, that could really be big for them as well. You know, and it is funny you mentioned of the Raptors and is there a correlation between non-hockey markets, for example, uh, and the success of uh, Canadian franchises like the Toronto Raptors? You mentioned Drake. It is funny. Uh, there was a Tupac Shakur video when he was performing on the Arsenio Hall show. He was rocking a Montreal Expos hat. So uh, is there, uh, it's been a number of years, uh, Montreal uh, was uh, quite embraced, but this was before social media era. And uh, my perspective, uh, I'm assuming that you may agree that uh, the world is a lot smaller. And if uh, if, uh, Tampa, with respect to uh, Rays fans, uh, I do have family in Tampa. Uh, the Rays uh, just didn't hasn't really uh, connected uh, in terms of a uh, following uh, from day one. Uh, yeah. Their stadium is what it is. So, I mean, even even in the MOB, like ask the average person who Mike Trout is, they might not know who that is. It's almost like the Rays. They're this awesome like juggernaut of a team right now, and they don't they don't have uh, they got fans, but. If you go on social media, you're not seeing them all the time like you see LeBron and the Lakers. You know what I mean? Even though the Rays are a really good squad. So it's it's all different, but it would be good. It would be good for Canada. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tampa, yeah, yeah, you hit it, the nail on the head. One of the most incredible baseball programs and really outside of the Tampa St. Pete's area. How many Rays fans do you really have? Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But how about we talk some hoops and uh, uh, every offseason, of course, there seems to be uh, an exciting uh, offseason with uh, free agent acquisition and the like uh, players switching teams. And we'll definitely uh, talk uh, more uh, about specifically with regards to who you think uh, had uh, really impressed uh, this offseason. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, we'll talk about the offseason every offseason. There's always some kind of drama. It's like ridiculous. Who's switching? Now it's Kyrie and Ben Simmons. But who I'm most impressed with has to be either Chicago or Miami. I mean, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, but I cannot wait to watch the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Improvements in Lonzo Ball. um, Obviously, Zach Levine and Vucevic are still on the team. Uh, DeMar DeRozan comes in from San Antonio to give a mid-range scoring dynamic. And of course, off off the bench, Alex Caruso. And for Miami, the addition of P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry, not even just on the offensive end, on the defensive end, they got dogs, that team, Bam Adebayo along with them, Jimmy Butler. So those two I'm really impressed with. And got to give credit to my Knicks, too. They had some nice additions. So that, you know, looking at those three teams, the East – has become a lot stronger than it's been over recent time. Used to always be the West out doing the East. Now it seems like, yeah, it's, it's pretty balanced in the East top five. It's going to, it's going to be competitive. Well, you know, I am scratching my head with Chicago and uh, as a Raptors guy, DeMar DeRozan obviously has a special place in my heart, but is ball and DeRozan and Caruso those kind of players that could get Chicago over the hump in a, in a holistic sense, could they win a, win a ra- an extra round? Maybe, but do you think that they have the leadership obviously with Vucevic, 
they have what it takes to make a conference final and pass that? No. See, that's the thing. As much as I, I like their moves and everything like that, they're not going to be championship bound. Conference finals, maybe a 10% chance, small chance. They're just they're just not there yet. I don't know what if it's Levine really coming into his own even more. A better bench, maybe, because they do have the pieces. But you're right. I mean, is that are those pieces going to be enough? I don't think so. Look at the competition. I mean, Milwaukee is still, you know, head honcho in the East. Um, no, I, I don't think so. It's like the same thing with my Knicks. Like, I'm not going to come on here and tell you that they're going to win the championship next year. That's very unlike, uh, unlikely. Even make a conference finals. Even make the NBA finals. Like, that's that's pretty unlikely, even though they're going to be a good team. There's just so much competition out there. And that's what I hate, like, my fan base on NBA buzz. Like, you can't talk to Lakers fans at all. You can't say anything wrong about anybody on that team. I'll be straight up about everything because – I see, and for 10 years on NBA Buzz, everything at a broader perspective, no bias. So my Knicks, they've made drastic improvements. They're in kind of that same situation as Chicago, where they'll improve, they'll maybe get a little far, but championship? Mm, uh, I don't I don't know. Well, uh, you know, uh, to that as well, though, I, mean, I was quite surprised at the Kemba Walker experience in Boston. Uh, he, I thought that they were going to run with it. I thought they would definitely contend with Milwaukee. Uh, now Kemba has uh, signed with the Knicks. Uh, do you? Th- I, I think that this could only be uh, a recipe for success. Uh, yeah. How confident are you specifically with regards to Kemba Walker? Oh, uh, extremely. On Broadway? Extremely, because Broadway is where he was born, for one. So you know, if if you're if you're a pro athlete or something like that you would you'd want to be on a Canadian team you know you'd want to be on the Raptors you wouldn't want to be down in let's say Oregon on the Portland Trailblazers you know away from home you'd want to be playing in front of your people in front of your fans so I think that for one will light a fire under Kemba to really become the Kemba of old like 50 point scoring Kemba where he wasn't that in Boston he did deal with injuries so that that has to do with it so I think uh, rejuvenated Kemba in New York just miles from where he grew up in the Bronx and healthy will be great. And I think him signing like a $7 million deal after being bought out or whatever it was from OKC, this is a year for him to really bounce back and get that money in the future. So I think there's a lot of tangibles that'll make Kemba, you know, like a 18 to 20 points per game scorer in there and looking like his old self. Well, and uh, you did mention about how you can't say anything about uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, but I'm going to have to ask you about those Lakers. They do. Uh, they did uh, sign Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, two surefire Hall of Famers, along with uh, LeBron and AD. They also have Dwight Howard uh, returning back to uh, the team, Malik Monk. They have Kent Bazemore. On paper, uh, it looks like a dream team. However, do you think that it's possible that there are too many, say, uh, hands in the cookie jar, uh, if there's too many cooks in the kitchen? Uh, do you think that this is a squad that can identify their roles to build a championship team? Ooh, I think just the names alone and the skills of all those players has enough to be a championship team. But then again, like you said, K 
can they all buy in? Can they all really get in their own positions to sacrifice touches, sacrifice scoring? And Russell Westbrook, I think, is the, the stain on that team. As, as, as good as he is, as good as he was last year at the end of the season, and you can see it in this preseason, he's going to be stepping on LeBron's toes all season long in the ways of, all right, like LeBron's, a, LeBron's become a pretty good shooter in his later career. You know, Westbrook, not even close to really a good shooter. Very, very consistent from three. Uh, turns the ball over all the time. So he needs the ball in his hands to really be successful. Westbrook. So does LeBron. LeBron playing off ball, just it, 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 it's not going to happen as much. I think the problem there is going to be LeBron and Russ coming together, wanting to play make every time, stepping on each other's toes. I just, I just can't see them winning the championship. Uh, they're an old team. Injuries are going to happen. Injuries have already happened. And, you know, if Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, it's, it's a goner for sure. It'd be uh, interesting to see. We'll definitely see, uh, uh, get uh, your uh, whole thoughts on uh, where uh, the regular season will pan out and uh, perhaps uh, beyond that with the playoffs. But uh, uh, it also seemed that Melo uh, Mello, uh, really did accept a secondary role yes. while he was yeah. with Portland. So uh, Washington and uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, he seemed to really uh, thrive. Uh, with the uh, Wizards and had a really good run in his short time there. Could he translate that uh, to uh, the Lakers? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mikey, uh, we, we talk about these legendary franchises. Uh, we talk about the Bulls. We talk about the Lakers. They are no strangers to uh, championship success. Uh, of course, last season, they, uh, there was two relative newcomers who uh, made the NBA Finals. Uh, what do you think the league would rather see? Obviously, you have X amount of teams. Uh, and is it more uh, of a benefit to have teams stack the deck with the Nets and the Lakers? Or is it to their benefit to have a newcomer like Phoenix and Milwaukee in the final series? Well... The NBA, of course, wanted Lakers last year, say, against the Brooklyn Nets. So the LeBron versus KD narrative could still be there and all that. So do all the 12 to 16-year-old kids out there wanting, you know, the head honchos of the NBA to really be in the finals. But real basketball fans will understand how important last year was for the, the league as a whole, for overseas basketball, for seeing Chris Paul really getting his shot. Devin Booker early in his career, getting his shot at the finals. I loved it. I, I thought it was amazing seeing a new face. You know, how many times did we see the Warriors and the Cavs face off? Uh, three times. The first two were great. Absolutely great. They split third time. It's just, oh my God, why am I watching this? It's like LeBron had nobody that year. Everybody was hurt. Warriors were beyond stacked that year. It was like, I wasn't even into it. And I'm sure many fans weren't because it was just so played out and, and the same for three years. And then Kawhi came in. So that, that was very refreshing. Same thing this year with Giannis, a new face. And then in the West Booker and CP three and the Suns, just great for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, who could, uh, who could forget uh, Devin Booker's reaction the moment that they lost. And when he yeah. 
uh, said, damn. Uh, and it was uh, for somebody who uh, had an affection for Charles Barkley's run in Phoenix. It was great to see them uh, and uh, to have Giannis win the, win a championship uh, you know he uh, just wore his heart on his sleeve and that admiration he has for Milwaukee uh, was great uh, uh, however uh, beyond uh, the star power of Giannis uh, there's a couple of issues uh, with regards to some key all-star players uh, Ben Simmons to, to start with uh, it's reported that he has uh, reported to the team but he apparently wants out uh, it even got to the point where uh, some uh, Sixers players reportedly wanted to speak to uh, Simmons in person. He did not uh, want to uh, talk with anybody. What is going on in Philly? Uh, when I think of Ben Simmons and uh, uh, reviews on Ben Simmons, it's always negative. He always yeah. seems to have uh, rubbed people the wrong way. You know, it's just... It's, it's social media playing into it again. It's like when Danny Green was having trouble and a little inconsistent shooting with the Lakers. All right, you know, Danny Green's an all-time shooter, but then he starts tailing off a little bit, and then social media gets on that tail off, and it just turns him into the ground. Same thing with Ben Simmons. It's almost like <clears throat> everybody knows he's a good player, great defender, great passer. They know he's not a bad talent. He's this freak athlete. It's just because he can't shoot, the media takes it and just runs with it straight down into the ground. So, and, and what he did in the playoffs, you know, he didn't really come out to play in the playoffs much, but social media is behind that. And Randy, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before I get that Woj notification that something's up with Ben Simmons again. He's, uh, he's going to get traded or something's going to happen with him. It's just a matter of time. It's like uh, relationships in the, the office space, say, Say somebody rats on their uh, uh, their their other somebody on their team or something or their squad. Yeah, yeah. You know, your eyes are always going to be suspect against them. You're going to be like, hmm, what's going on with him? So it's like the same thing with the entire Philly squad looking at Ben Simmons. Like, are you even loyal to this team? Like, do you even want to be here? Like, why'd you pull that act? You know what I mean? That's that's in the back of all their minds. So I think. Doc Rivers isn't too fond of him at all anymore. He wants him gone. And I think they're going to just try to package him somewhere else. Well, one of the more difficult stories, of course, and the more difficult issues regarding uh, NBA superstars is Kyrie Irving. Uh, he did not report to the bubble in Orlando. He uh, has uh, refused to report. Uh, it's believed that he is not vaccinated. And uh, because of uh, New York uh, law. He is not able to play uh, in Brooklyn. <sighs> yeah, on the surface, yeah, we could see that he is a contrarian, if you will, that he is going against the norm and making his feelings known. But uh, do you think, uh, is there something beyond that? Uh, you know, you take a look at someone like Naomi Osaka, for example, and that's who I kind of relate this to in the sense that uh, she is somebody who took a stand, uh, has uh, had some visible breakdowns. Uh, is this something that uh, the media and uh, fans may need to learn a little bit more that Kyrie Irving uh, could potentially be uh, proof of how difficult 
it is to be a wealthy athlete or celebrity or whatever the case may be? You know, it's, it's so hard to say because th- I, there's a lot of opinions I see on this, my opinions, and it's almost like none of them are wrong because are you really wrong to have an opinion on something like that? Because there's like, there's freedom of him to choose. And then there's freedom of the Brooklyn Nets to get rid of him because it's best for their interest. Even though, you know, you want to respect Kyrie's interest, it's, you know how it is with all this COVID stuff. It's so hard to really pinpoint what's right, what's wrong. In my opinion, I won't even say in my opinion. If I was him and there were millions and millions on the line and your career in basketball on the line and this may be the year to win a championship. Now, I'm not saying health is more important than basketball. I think he's got to do what's best for the team, really talk to some doctors in-depthly about everything and just get vaccinated. I mean, you know, he's taking a stance. I respect it like everything else, but the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to do what's best for them. A player like Kyrie, who they've invested so much into, money, time, uh, you know, players they've brought in to build around him because he was there, they're going to they're gonna have to trade him, and I think, and I think it's going to happen. Uh, Kyrie, I saw, was pushing to kind of get the NBA and the city of New York to really uh, start, I don't know if it's, get him accepted into not being vaccinated and playing, but I don't think anybody's going to budge Randy. And I think Brooklyn's going to have to get rid of him. Yeah. And uh, the fact that uh, Brooklyn uh, was considered a uh, strong favorite to uh, uh, represent the East in the NBA finals, uh, where would they, uh, where would they fall if uh, Kyrie wasn't, uh, doesn't report uh, for the season? Uh, so uh, closer to uh, my heart uh, is uh, obviously the Toronto Raptors and fans are still in mourning to the fact that Kyle Lowry is not uh, on the team. He is uh, he's taken his t- talents to South Beach. Uh, however, uh, the fans have blown a, a huge sigh of relief to the fact that uh, team president Masai Ujiri is staying. First off, um, where do you see the Raptors uh, this year? Uh it's uh, uh, a lot of uh, pieces have been removed from that championship team yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, they really have. And, you know, Randy, I'm going to keep it straight with you. It's <laughs> like I kept that. it straight with my Knicks. You know, they're, they're going to be on the cusp. I think they're going to, they're going to be good in a couple of years. Cause they still got, they got good young pieces. Scotty Barnes coming in. He's going to be really good, really dynamic player. And he's a big body. But right now, this season, looking at their team, I could see them falling, you know, between nine, nine and 11 in the East. I could see them being a little inconsistent because they're a young team. I mean, OG, OG Ananobi, you know, coming into his own and really going to be the main focus on that team. You got Drogic at the one, Scotty Barnes up there. They just, they just don't have enough yet, Randy. They got to, they got to bring in some more pieces. So I could see them in the nine to 11 range with, a couple more seasons, maybe two seasons until the playoffs come back. I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, you have a little bit of seasoning and uh, with the likes of uh, Van Van Vliet, of course, uh, you know, uh, having more uh, experience as in a leadership role uh, uh, and obviously Pascal Siakam. uh, I am quite nervous on putting so much hopes on any rookie 
And mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes, of course, has the million dollar smile. He <laughs> seems to have, uh, uh, it seems to be known for a glasses half full kind of positive thinking guy. But when you are in a pressure cooker of professional sports, obviously there's going to be a comparison uh, between him and Jalen Suggs, the rest of the draft class of 21. I am of the opinion, though, that a first round playoff match can happen. Uh, I think that, yeah, okay, so who do you have in the East? Obviously, Brooklyn is still going to make the playoffs. The Knicks, my goodness, where where, uh, are they going to finish between uh, two, three, four? Uh, Home court advantage, I definitely think is possible for the is uh, is um, is expected for the uh, the first round. But. To think that uh, the Raptors may not make the playoffs, personally, I think will be a, a disappointment. I mean, I, for the city, I would say it, it would be a disappointment. But, you know, Randy, ah, it's like at times last year, they're inconsistent. And they had more last year than they do now, in my opinion. I just, uh, it's tough. It's tough because they it's possible that they'll be in there because this the six seven eight in the east there's a lot of teams i could think of that could sneak right in there toronto could be one but there's others like the magic are an up-and-coming team i'm not saying the magic are going to be better than the raptors but oh i feel like they're not far off and like if you grade them like the raptors are like a a b maybe the magic are like a b minus it's like they're like in that same grade and there's a lot of teams in the East like that. So, mm, I don't know, man. We'll yeah. See. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Orlando with uh, signing Robin Lopez. You have uh, Andre Drummond. He's in uh, Philadelphia. That's uh, that's going to oh, be yeah, interesting. Philadelphia is also in the East. So, they're going to be in that five to six, seven range. You know what I mean? Even maybe four. So, I don't, I don't know if Toronto makes it this year, my man. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting stuff. I uh, will. Uh, we'll definitely. Uh, we'll definitely see what happens uh, for sure. But uh, very uh, quickly, uh, you know, uh, uh, with uh, Masai Ujiri, uh, there was a lot of pins and needles with regards to Raptors fans on what uh, Ujiri's plans are. Uh, are you surprised he stuck around in Toronto? Uh, no, you know, I, I wasn't surprised. I really can't see him anywhere else. I mean, he was he built that team. He built that championship team and uh, it seemed like, you know, I'm, I'm looking on as a New Yorker. It seemed like Canada really likes that guy and he really loves the city, loves the country. And I just can't see him leaving. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on that, actually. Well, you know what? Uh, nobody really thought that he would uh, leave Toronto to go to another NBA team. There was talk of uh, him possibly joining the Knicks. Uh, but uh, that uh, that uh, didn't happen. A lot of people, myself especially, thought that he was thinking beyond basketball, like uh, like a UN like role. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally wasn't uh, because of his uh, uh, Giants of Africa charity and uh, the uh, international scope that he does carry. He has uh, uh, broken bread with uh, Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau, for uh, example, and of course. Uh, key uh, political figures uh, all over the world. Uh, I, I wasn't really, for one, buying the whole aspect of him uh, taking an ownership stake in an NBA franchise. But yeah, no, you are, uh, you are correct, uh, very much so in the sense that 
the for a country as expansive as Canada, it is a small community with regards to sports beyond hockey. Uh, we've fallen in love with uh, soccer over the past uh, few years, and we'll definitely uh, have a little chat about uh, the uh, World Cup uh, qualifiers in a moment. But uh, when it comes to uh, any uh, any sport that is not hockey, and there is a international uh, scope to it, like tennis, uh, like um, um, uh, golf, for example, baseball. Yeah, no, uh, there's uh, definitely a lot of opportunity for uh, heroes to be made. Masai Ujiri, what he did for Toronto, definitely, uh, definitely one of them. Uh, but uh, of a global scope, uh, definitely uh, add to your resume. Uh, you were a part of the uh, 2020 Olympics. You had a chance to uh, interview uh, some key NBA, uh, some uh, members of USA's uh, men's national team, uh, at least. Uh, how much of an accomplishment was that for you? Yeah, that was that was one of the one of my favorite things that I've done. Of course, Damian Lillard and Bam Adebayo, I interviewed, and those two of my biggest are my biggest gets so far. I've had I've had a couple NBA legends on, like Sean Kemp, Nancy Lieberman, but. You know, when you talk to Damian Lillard, uh, arguably top 10 player in the NBA, one of the best shooters in the league, and somebody everybody, every NBA fan knows. I mean, he's all over the TV screen with his advertisements, his three-point shooting and all that. That was pretty incredible. And talking to him and really asking him – I, I went in, Randy. I mean, when you get an opportunity like that, you got to make it count. I went in and asked him, you know, what's harder – basically international player of the NBA. Now that's a question everybody's into. Luca once said it a couple of years back and it went viral. So I, I know that's going viral. And luckily it did. Sports Center picked up on it, uh, the ESPN Instagram account and some other ones, and it went viral. And out of bio was also cool, but you know, Dame's just a cool cat, man. He just really wanted to talk. I asked him two questions, actually. You know, forget the other one off the top of my head. He really <laughs> wanted to talk. Adebayo was like, all right, I just practiced, got all my stuff on. I'm trying to go back to the hotel room. He was he was a little shorter with his answers, but Dame, Dame was the man. Cool guy. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, try, try and find uh, the uh, interview clips and uh, repurpose it on my social media channels. But yeah, if you haven't uh, followed uh, Mikey's incredible work, uh, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, at uh, NBA Buzz, at Inside Buzz, uh, also the Truth Podcast, which you could catch on your favorite uh, podcatchers, as well as YouTube. Uh, some really, really great uh, stuff. But, you know, uh, very quickly and with regards to the Olympics. Uh, so you're interviewing player A, uh, whether it's a feature or uh, whether it's the Olympics, because mm -hmm. we are talking about the Olympics. Is it that much more of a, oh, my God, I am uh, talking about this event and does the emotions sort of uh, conjure up that much more for you? Oh yeah. I mean, it was way different because it's like, I'm in there with some of my favorite writers in the zoom meeting. Some very prominent people were in there and just the, the entire situation, it was like 4 30 AM here. I was on like two hours of sleep it ran from like five to 6 a.m. So, I mean, that window, that's like everybody's asleep at that time. So it's like way overnight, 
I'm down here in my studio, just dead quiet here. I got my questions list ready and everything like that. I'm in with all prominent figures and I'm like, oh, geez, am I even going to get a question? I'm like, I'm sac- I'm doing this. I told people I'm doing this. Am I going to get a question? I'm like, oh, geez. So then he finally called out, you know, Mikey Domegal of Inside Buzz. And that was a relief in its own, even before I even asked the question. So then I asked and yeah, man, I mean, I don't really feel pressure, but there's a little pressure in that to to come up and really you know, produce and get something out of them that could go viral. And luckily it all worked out and I could add that on my, that is added on my resume. And that was really good experience, man. And to be a part of it, it's something I'll never forget. I mean, you interview some players now they're your favorite players. Now I just want to watch Dame all day long because, you know, he saw me across the screen and he knows who I am, so to speak. Perfect. Yeah, great stuff. And sky's only uh, the sky's the limit uh, for yourself, uh, especially throughout the uh, next couple of years uh, uh, as a reporter. But uh, love to see what uh, things, uh, how things transpire for you uh, in 2024 when the Olympics are in Paris. Uh, maybe you can make uh, your way over there. Uh, so unfortunate that the fact that the uh, no. uh, Tokyo Olympics was during a pandemic and. Uh, yeah, if uh, if you are able to take a uh, selfie uh, with you in front of the Eiffel Tower reporting uh, during the Olympics, uh, you know, I'd be really, really proud for you. But uh, yeah, as proud that, was, as that would be nice. <laughs> that would definitely be nice. And, uh, you know, the contact I got to do it, I actually got a little late in the Olympics. Believe it or not, I could have been doing that all Olympics long. It's just this contact came to me. I, I realized I knew this guy and sent him a quick email and he's like, yeah, come on. And you can interview him. I'm like, okay. So I could have had KD under my belt and all the other guys earlier, but it's a learning experience of really what I could do. And if I reach out to the right people and this contact, I could really get some good stuff going. All about networking, all about networking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Mikey, I do want to uh, end things off with a little bit of fun uh, like we did uh, the last time. And, uh, Want to get uh, your thoughts on a uh, on a couple of uh, questions, not only uh, beyond basketball, but a couple of uh, on uh, a couple of other things. Starting with uh, a little trivia question that I uh, created for you, and for those of you who are uh, downloading this uh, uh, via Podcatcher, I am showing Mikey a football helmet. It's uh, uh, gridiron football and it is a white helmet with a teal pickaxe and a gold boom like uh i guess a character of a uh, of a uh striking gold so mikey uh i want to get i want to ask you is this helmet uh it, it is uh, the gold miners where did okay. this gold miners helmet come from? Is this from Canada's top university football program? Is this a uh, fictional team from Canada's top dramatic television series? Or is this the Canadian Football League's first US based team? This is mm. the gold miners. What do you think? You know, I watch Jeopardy every night and I do watch trivia shows. So I'm going to go with, you know, I think U.S.-based team might be a little too obvious because I'm from the U.S. I'm going to go with 
It's from a TV series. This is, in fact, the Sacramento Gold Miners football helmet, Canada's first U.S. Ooh, based okay. team. Yes. So I thought uh, that was the, a little too obvious. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was uh, the mid '90s where the uh, Canadian Football League did expand to the U.S. and the intentions were right. Uh, there was a team in uh, Sacramento, as uh, as I showed you. Uh, actually, the ball, there was a team in Baltimore as well that uh, did uh, create uh, a little bit of buzz. But then the Browns moved to Baltimore, and uh, then obviously you couldn't uh, you couldn't com um, compete with that kind of uh, firepower. So uh, yeah, no, I uh, I uh, picked that uh, helmet up, and uh, I you know. The, the U.S. experience in Canada, A for effort, but uh, yeah, it was an absolute failure. So, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, you're going to go meet some friends uh, a little bit later to catch uh, to catch some football. So, uh, yeah, I hope you have a good time out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, hey, uh, between the two of us, I mean, we uh, could be quite uh, adversaries in terms of the teams that we support uh, uh -huh. as a Knicks fan versus a Raptors fan, as a Blue Jays fan versus a, a Yankees fan. Uh, of course, uh, as a Canadian versus an American. And as right now, there is a, a break in a World Cup of soccer qualifying. Of course, Canada and the United States are... Uh, vying for a spot for the uh, 22 Men's World Cup in Qatar. And uh, I do have to ask you, how much of a soccer fan are you? Have you been uh, following uh, qualifications for the World Cup? You know, you know how our stupid Americans are. We really don't care about soccer too much, too many of us. But to be honest, I just watched the World Cup. I really don't know about the qualifiers or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, the only Americans who really like soccer are the ones with like international backgrounds or whose family came over from wherever recently. But I don't know, the average American, I feel like we're just not into soccer as much. And I'm really not. It's I don't know if it's, that's because the media doesn't cover it nearly as much as uh, basketball or football or anything like that. But other than the World Cup, no, I, I don't do much soccer watching and I never really attended any high school soccer games for my high school. So no, I'm not really a big soccer guy. I know yeah. you are. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've been a big TFC, a Toronto FC soccer fan. And when uh, world cup qualifiers do take place, uh, I went to, uh, there was five qualifiers for the Brazil 2014 world cup. Uh, and, and it's just such a great, uh, for me, as a, as, a, as a soccer fan or like a sports fan in general, just the whole uh, tournament aspect of this global event that involves essentially every country in the world is just so uh, intriguing to me. And up until uh, this year, uh, Canada, mm -hmm. of course, has no World Cup uh, experience. I mean, they did make one World Cup. They didn't score a goal. It was Mexico 1986. <laughs> And of course, the United States, they have uh, an incredible World Cup history, uh, Women's uh, World Cup. Uh, they've won twice. Uh, 2018, the men didn't make it, but uh, uh, USA has such an incredible soccer program. And I, I you know, it is uh, amazing uh, to see, uh, like in Nashville, you have sellout crowds uh, for uh, the USA Canada match that did take place. And uh, MLS soccer is definitely on the rise. Soccer. 
Uh, and uh, look, there is obviously between basketball, football, uh, the the history of uh, certain mm-hmm. sports have just lasted for so long. And uh, it just seems that soccer is uh, on a hist- on a like rocketing to uh, towards uh, getting more uh, recognition. Really you know, I do know I do know about NYCFC because I did a, a feature on them in high school, which was mm. cool. But, uh, you know, I do see more commercials and more advertisements for their games. I have checked. I checked out their games in like 2016 when I was doing stuff on them. You know, it's interesting, but I don't know. Soccer's just not my not my bag, my man. No, no, no. Hey, hey, to each is uh, to yep. each his own for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, the pandemic being uh, well over uh, a year and a half in, uh, I'm not sure if you personally have gone to a live uh, sporting event uh, since uh, the pandemic. Uh, have you? Haven't you? If, if you haven't, uh, which, uh, which event are, would you ideally love to see? I mean, other than a couple of LIU post college football games, no, I haven't actually. Uh, like on the big scale of, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, football. But of course, I got to go see my Knicks in person. I mean, I'm just a 40 minute train, wa- train ride away into MSG. So to watch this new squad, man, Randy, every New Yorker is in love with this team. If you thought, New York is really behind them last year. You got to see this year. I mean, with all these new additions, the preseason MSG was rocking as if it was a playoff game. It was, it was unreal. So that's my next stop with, I'll go one day with my girlfriend. Uh, I'd like to get a good matchup. You know, you want to see a big dog come into town and really watch them live. I saw LeBron a couple times live. So seeing him again would be nice. Haven't seen KD live. And you know, the, the, the Nets Knicks games are always a show. So that, that'll be nice. Maybe, I'll lock down those tickets soon. Right on. And uh, curious, uh, have you seen a Nets game just period at Barclays Center? On play against the Nets during the D'Angelo Russell era. And that was very exciting because that, that Nets team was terrific. And seeing LeBron and uh, was AD around? No, wait, wait. No, AD wasn't around yet. So it was before that time of that season with LeBron and seeing him live was incredible. LeBron's wife was a couple rows down, so I said hi to her, which was cool. And nice. we were a couple rows back. So that was a cool experience. The Barclays Center isn't the best for basketball, but it'll do. MSG is can't beat that. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, during the pandemic, uh, the wife and I had a conversation and just uh, that whole uh, realization of seeing the seizing the day. And if there is a chance that, well, uh, just any game period, obviously, uh, Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. And uh, if uh, the wife and I is able to see uh, the Raptors uh, in, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, at MSG, uh, really hope that uh, a that we could go and uh, b that uh, I'd be able to join you and uh, maybe uh, have a drink and uh, uh, just uh, yeah, just uh, lift a glass to uh, basketball and just life in general. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down for that. You better hit me up no most definitely most definitely uh you know hey listen uh very i'd love to uh, get your thoughts on the knicks Uh, obviously uh, you mentioned that there's a lot of excitement uh at uh on broadway for this team for the first time in a while where do you think their uh knicks are going to uh end up this year you know they were fourth last year so you could you could only think they're going to get better i could see like a five to seven more wins and maybe but then again, the East is stronger than last year, so it's tough. So I could I could see another another fourth 
fourth in the East, third in the East. Um, very excited for this team, Randy. For the first time in a while, they got a lot of really good young pieces. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett is still like 20 years old, which is incredible. Mitchell Robinson, like 23. Then the rookies, uh, Quentin Grimes, a shooter. Uh, Miles McBride out of West Virginia is like a two-way, two-way player. And, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. And the best thing about this team is there's a combination of veterans and rookies and then in between. So this team is going to be good and growing for years to come. And when was the last time I could say that about a Knicks team? I mean, you know, it's a, it's a blessing. Absolutely. And uh, with the, the success of uh, NBA in general, the fact that the Knicks have not really been a part of the conversation, uh, it, it, to me, it could uh, be like the 2016 Chicago Cubs. You get, uh, you get a success story out of, uh, out of the Knicks, and that would just uh, garner so much attention from new basketball fans. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, very quickly, uh, and, uh, actually, uh, very quickly, I do want to uh, mention, uh, I'm thinking that the Knicks are going to finish third. There is something about, there is something about Brooklyn that I'm not overly convinced. I mean, well, uh, well, a lot of that, a lot of that lies on the shoulders, shoulders of Kyrie. Absolutely. And that's my, and that's exactly uh, where I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, if Kyrie doesn't, uh, doesn't play, I think, uh, I think that Miami is going to be really tough to uh, to uh, over overcome, and uh, obviously with Milwaukee, uh, that kind of experience that they had. I think you got Milwaukee and Mil- Miami uh, uh, going for for top spot. I think the Knicks are going to finish third. That's the all way right. I see it. Listen, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to argue too much about that. But <laughs> Randy, all I could say is it's almost like since Luca and Trey were drafted in 2018, I've been saying. Oh, this is going to be one of the best years for the NBA. There's so many good teams. There's so many good rookies. It's like basketball and the NBA has grown so much over the last, say, five, six years that there's so many new rookie. The rookie classes coming in are loaded and they help their teams tremendously that there's really no bad team out there. It's just the the head dogs are so good that they're going to knock off a team who's not as good as them and Every team is exciting. Every team has young players. And, man, this season is going to be incredible. The East and the West are both stacked up. And I just can't wait. And my Knicks are in the mix. So I'll be watching every night. So who's uh, who's going to take the finals? Ooh, nice segue into that. <laughs> man, ah, that is incredibly, incredibly hard. I'll say Miami comes out the East. I can't say the Lakers. Eh. Golden State comes out the West. Really? What makes you think Golden State will do it? It's just people are sleeping on them way too much. Clay's back. They got Otto Porter Jr. off the bench, who's a starter on almost any other team in this league. They got a couple of young guys like uh, Kaminga and Moses Moody. They got uh, their center, James Wiseman, 20 years old, another year of growth. I mean – you know, you add those guys around Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You got Draymond when all his guys are around. Draymond's playing like an all-star. And, you know, people are sleeping on him. The Lakers just aren't doing it for me. I could see Golden State coming out the West, Miami out of the East. And I would say, whew, man, I'm just going to call it Golden State. Because if I predict that now, 
I'll sound like a genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. You will. Because you cannot, you cannot, you know, doubt Stephen Curry, what he's, what he can do erupt for 40 any night. Even if Clay Thompson is a third of what he was and averages 20 points per game and is still a good defender, that's, that's tremendous for them. And the fact that you uh, add in uh, someone like Andrew Wiggins as well. I and mean, Wiggins, that's, uh, no? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Golden State sounds like a very, uh, a very uh, 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 good pick uh, for sure. I, I think that especially with the Lakers uh, and, uh, and the pieces that they have, you know, I am thinking that Westbrook for, I, I don't know, call it a, I am not a Westbrook guy at all. Mm-hmm. I, but there is something that's going to tell that's there's something telling me that, uh, because the the clock is ticking for him, and uh, just with uh, the experience that uh, the Lakers did have winning the championship um, uh, a season ago, well, a season prior, that uh, he's going to do whatever it takes. I, I do think Miami will come out, uh, but I think the Lakers are uh, the Lakers are going to join him, and it's amazing that. We've uh, gone this entire conversation, didn't even say the word Los Angeles Clippers at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's almost like they're on the back burner now that Kawhi's hurt. But uh, I think with the Lakers, it's it's they're going to hurt from within. I think there's going to be some tension there from a few of them. You know, I think the fans, like a Ben Simmons situation, are going to get on Westbrook if he's not performing, and it's just going to start. There's going to be some turn on Westbrook with the fan base. And injuries, I think the injury bug is going to catch them just because of their age. I mean, it's it's almost inevitable. You know, Randy, it's LeBron heading in to year 19, I believe, 18, whatever it is. I think 19. I think it is 19. It's like, all right, LeBron is still going to be LeBron, but this is going to be the year where he's not going to be that incredibly dynamic player. He's still going to be there, but... The explosions, you're going to see a little bit off. I think this is going to be the first year of a slight decline from LeBron James. That's not a bad thing because he's still going to average like 24, 7, and 7, which is incredible. But a slight a slight off. And Anthony Davis needs to stay healthy for him. So, uh, Mikey, uh, what do you have planned for the upcoming uh, season? Uh, tell us what you got going on, NBA buzz, inside buzz. Uh, uh, what, do you have, uh, what do you have planned? Yeah, well, for NBA Buzz and all the platforms, just continuously on a daily basis, keeping up with the league, the the trade rumors, and all that stuff. For me personally, I'm looking for jobs right now. So if anybody's looking, you know, for a 22-year-old hungry kid in the journalism, basketball world, I'm definitely looking for jobs in that sense. And for Inside Buzz and the Truth, we'll be continuing just interviewing pro athletes and you know, putting out the best content as possible, unique content where I could go viral and my interviews could really make their way through the NBA world. So, you know, just just consistency is key, Randy. I've been doing it for 10, 11 years now and, you know, just got to keep the pace. And uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so at Instagram, uh, on Instagram, at Mikey Do Miguel is my personal uh, at inside underscore buzz at official NBA buzz. And you could find... NBA buzz on Facebook where I'm at my biggest of about 2.7 million followers. And, you know, uh, at truth podcast, ESPN, YouTube, Spotify, Apple music, Apple podcast, excuse me. And, you know, it's almost like just type in my name, Mikey, you know, Megala and everything will come up. <laughs> That's simple enough. 
Yeah. So, uh, Mikey, once again, I really, uh, really appreciate uh, you and the, the time that you have given uh, to me. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it really is a, a pleasure to to know you, to have you on uh, my podcast and uh, really, really excited to see how uh, how the uh, future uh, shapes up for you. You know, you're really doing uh, some great things. Congratulations on your graduation, on being a part of the Olympics continued success for you my friend thank you so much i appreciate it and it's great knowing you too and of course i always see you in the nba bus comments so <laughs> i'll i'll be engaged with you on there he is mikey domagala from not only the truth podcast but from nba buzz inside buzz which he is the founder of as he mentioned uh getting close to three million followers on his various platforms if you are not one of them uh be sure to check him out instagram and facebook the like for mikey i am randy Kure. this is what's up the sports podcast on facebook and twitter at what's up podcast and we'll talk to you next time